Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem, pharmacists who care. Welcome to Dischem Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dean Gerson. And today we've uh, got an, an old uh, has-been guest, uh, Evan Shul, was one of my first. Now, Dr. Shul is a infectious disease specialist working at Netcare Milk Park Hospital. I bet you're regretting having uh, studied infectious diseases at the moment. Is this worse than the TB outbreak at uh, at one of the Jewish schools? Or, well, sorry, one of the TB workers. <laughs> Workers had TV at uh, one of the Jewish schools. No, a lot of people have actually been sending me messages saying that this must be a dream come true for me, which is not really it's the probably case. Probably the biggest nightmare. It's a it's a mixture of feelings, I must say. Okay, so yeah. I mean, there are not many infectious diseases specialists around, are there? Um, not not a great many, but the sort of knowledge base is spread out between. Infectious diseases specialists and microbiologists and virologists and epidemiologists who have also been a huge part of the response to to the outbreak. Okay, and uh, okay, so let's start. There's a, a lot of hysteria, a lot of hype. Do you think the press are just looking for um, things to go mad about to hype up people, get up ratings, sell newspapers? Mm. I think um, in in any situation like this, there will always be. A great deal of hype. Uh, I can't say it's only the the newspapers or, or the media. There's there's definitely a whenever there's a, an outbreak of something, even in a distant part of the world, um, uh, these things tend to be a tinderbox, and the smallest um, provocation can unleash a, a, a torrent of uh, concern, and sometimes it uh, becomes panic. Um, some of the media reports have been um, reasonably contained. Um, I must say, from from watching the reports on the news last week, the the presenters seem to be very, very enthusiastic with their questioning, and those that were answering were amazingly calm and uh, and rational. And that, I must say sort of captures the mood from from the healthcare worker side. Okay, so um, you n- are you worried? Uh, at the moment, no. Um, there, there's, there is a, a baseline level of um, surveillance that is done, and uh, a worry is a bit too strong a word, but it's, it's definitely on our radar. Uh, I don't want that to be misconstrued as... Um, um, total uh, neglect because that's not the case. But you know, this is this is something that's been been brewing for over two months. So the first the first cases were reported at the end of December um, in China, and already at that time, a lot of us in infectious diseases, microbiologists, virologists, um, had our um, feelers out for for what was going on there. And I think maybe at that time there would have been some concern that from a few cases within a localized area that um, if they hadn't be, been contained, 
it would have spread, which is what's happened. And so we in South Africa have had um, a couple months to keep our eye on what's been happening. So um, we we obviously very um, conscious of, of what's happening and and aware of the um, the cases that have um, been reported here. But um, there's a there's a sort of background level of concern in terms of monitoring um, the surveillance and the and the testing of of ca- potential cases in South Africa. Okay, why is uh, how is this different from other viruses, from the swine flu, from the bird flu, SARS? Um, why is there so much panic with this as opposed to this? Is it because of the type of virus? Is it because of the way it's spread? Um, so there, there, there are a few things. Okay, so so this this virus is from the family of coronavirus. It's the first time we've actually said coronavirus on the show. Did I say it in the beginning or not? I don't, um, I don't remember, but it didn't scare people, so okay. we just eased them gently. In. Okay, just just some some terminology um, definitions that that may come up within the next hour. So um, the coronavirus is the sort of family of viruses, um, and then the actual infection that um, has been named is COVID-19, which stands for Coronavirus um, Disease 2019, uh, which is when it was first detected. So the coronavirus is a, is, is a family of viruses that we are all actually very familiar with because it's um, something that a lot of us who have kids have uh, deal with from time to time with runny noses and, and snotty noses. Um, and usually um, those are obviously very, very mild. This this virus is is from a different part of the family of coronaviruses, which is linked to um, SARS and uh, MERS, which is the Middle Eastern um, respiratory. Were those so also coronaviruses? Those were both coronaviruses. The there there are a few uh, differences. So the number of people who have been infected with the current coronavirus outbreak has far exceeded the the other two more recent, um, the SARS and the, and the MERS. And the other important um, differentiator to note is that the, um, the mortality rate from SARS and MERS were a lot higher. Um, they were in the order of uh, over 10%, and the current um, coronavirus outbreak uh, mortality rate is it's difficult to give an accurate measurement, but it's somewhere in the region of um, about 2%. But uh, the other thing about this um, that's probably driving a lot of the um, the concern is that it's, it's a brand new virus um, that hadn't been detected in humans before. It is thought to have come from um, either bats or there's been a link with pangolins. And so a coronavirus, coronaviruses circulate within certain animal populations without um, becoming human infections. And this was a time when, with the uh, close contact that humans have with animals, that an that that animal virus has um, crossed over and started affecting humans. And obviously we have no 
uh, prior exposure, so our immunity levels are, are non-existent. And so usually um, during the course of one's lifetime, we're exposed to a number of viruses and we generate some degree of immunity, whereas with um, this uh, current novel coronavirus, we've we, we don't have um, the necessary immunity to to protect us, so that's been um, one of the the new um, the new f- uh, findings. Okay, uh, join us again. We're going to have a short ad break. We're talking coronavirus with Dr. Evan Schultz. This is Medical Monday, brought to you with compliments of Discam pharmacists who care. Hi, fam. Discam Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. We're speaking coronavirus with Dr. Evan Schultz. If you've got any questions, please SMS in 34519 or send a telegram on 0618951019. And how, how, uh, Dr. Shul, how is it that the coronavirus was able to jump from an animal to a human? Is it through consumption of animals? Is it through touching of animals? Has this happened before with uh, any other viruses? Yeah, so this, um, this has happened previously with the um, swine influenza, with the avian influenza, where viruses that are normally confined to animal populations um, with no exposure to humans, as we encroach on their habitats or um, keep them in markets, uh, which is what is thought to have happened in this case, we become exposed to viruses that that normally only circulate within um, within animals, and and with the close exposure that that we have with these animals, we therefore contract uh, or are become susceptible to the infection. Okay, now as you said, our immune system um, is not familiar with these viruses. Can a person be infected twice? I thought um, if if yes then my question doesn't work, but I thought all the doctors who've been infected from one country should be flown over to another country to treat the patients. So at the moment, it's a little too early to tell. Um, There are obviously a lot of um, people who have been infected who are being monitored after they've recovered from the infection to see what happens to the antibody response and to see whether they develop um, subsequent infections if they're exposed again. There, there are a lot of unanswered questions about this because it's it's all very fresh. It's sort of two months old, and and these these questions are are um, being worked on um, uh, at great. Okay, great, 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 great extent. Okay, yeah. great extent. So uh, we've got a question from Akiva, which kind of touches on what we said. It says, do we develop protection towards the virus, which you answered is the only way to get it. Or get a vaccine. We know that there's a v, uh, vaccine being uh, worked on closely in Israel. I read there was a strain of the coronavirus in chickens that they were working on a vaccine for and that um, has a similar entry into cells as this uh, COVID-19. They were mm. trying to um, so, uh, so change it to work for it. Yeah, so there has been, there has been um, work on coronavirus vaccines from, from before, so not... Um, not that it had only started um, sort of two months ago. I think um, the SARS outbreak in the early 2000s um, sort of motivated a lot of new research into um, into a field that looked like it may have a major sort of public health potential. So these, these vaccines have been worked on, but the 
Um, I'm, I, I must say I'm not sure if this is related to the current virus, and, and certainly it's way too early to tell whether there'll be a vaccine um, soon that will be regarded as protective, because normally after a vaccine is given, there, um, there have to be antibodies that, that develop, and it, it has to be determined that those antibodies are protected, protective. Um, when, when someone's exposed to the virus. And so we're, we're a little too early in this um, to have made significant uh, strides in that, in that area. Okay. As with um, most diseases, the elderly and the young immunocompromised are the most um, vulnerable. What ages are we talking about here? So it looks like um, uh, older, so older people, um, there's, no, there's no sort of set um, age. But, but certainly the, the incidence increases from, from 50 upwards. Uh, and interestingly, um, children, uh, and uh, especially younger children, seem to have been relatively spared. So the, 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 main, the main risk factors so far have been those who are older and those with other um, immune-compromising conditions. So people with other chronic conditions, liver or um, heart conditions, those who are on... Uh, immune suppressant medications, so so certainly, which which is not to say that that those are the only people who get infected. A lot of people have become infected, but it looks like the the severe disease um, is uh, significantly influenced by um, advancing age. Okay, so um, when the disease, I mean, the w- it will get here to Gauteng. Am I correct in saying that? Well, it's a really well, there's one in Gauteng. So, yeah. which hospital is the patient at? Where's our uh, main, our treating hospital? So, the from the the public health facilities um, have uh, noted um, Charlotte Maclake and Steve Biko as the sort of main. And you uh, have to go there. You can't. Uh, um, I'm not. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not, uh, not sure. quite sure what the sort of major um, stipulations are for, okay. for, for people to go to those. Is your hospital prepared for it? Do you have so, a so isolation our, ward? Or? Yeah, so our, our, um, I'd like to think most hospitals would have um, had some uh, protocol or, or plan in place to uh, um, anticipate initially the the isolation and investigation of, of patients. Before, before um, someone's Confirmed uh, as having the virus, um, there's certain procedures that that need to be in place, like isolating the the suspected person and then um, getting them tested. Okay, we're going to take another short ad break and then we're back with Dr. Evansville. This is Medical Monday, brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. Welcome back to Discare Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. We're speaking to Dr. Evan Shul, Infectious Disease Specialist at Netcamel Park Hospital. We are talking coronavirus. Please SMS 34519 or Telegram 0618951019 if you have any questions. So what happens, Dr. Shul, to the average person, the average healthy person who gets, uh, who's diagnosed with coronavirus? What are the symptoms and the course of the disease? So the... The one really, really important thing to to remember when it comes to this infection is that the overwhelming majority of people will have a mild um, course in that um, the disease or the infection um, is is considered 
uh, not necessarily um, serious enough to warrant admission to hospital. And the main the main presenting symptoms that that people have, um, obviously, it's an infection, so there are uh, fevers, uh, a cough, sometimes a dry cough, some and some uh, shortness of breath. In a in a few percent of people, there have been upper respiratory tract. Um, uh, symptoms, uh, runny noses or, or sore throat, but, but these have been uh, largely in the minority. But most of the symptoms have related to um, a fever and a cough. Okay, and uh, so when people do get sick past this mild illness, what happens? How do they complicate? So the um, once um, somebody progresses past the, the initial phase of the illness, the the next sort of stages the development of a pneumonia and um, sometimes the pneumonia can be severe warranting either admission to hospital or to or to ICU. Okay, so um, you treat them supportively as because there's, I mean, it's a viral infection. You, do you give antivirals? Is there any place for antivirals in the section? So the, 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 these, these recommendations are still coming out slowly. Um, the the treatment is still largely um, symptomatic, and there have been no um, uh, confirmed um, efficacious treatment regimens. A lot of things have been tried, and a lot of things are being tried. And there are a number of trials happening at the moment um, within China and around the world, uh, largely directed by the WHO where things uh, like certain antivirals, um, uh, there's actually one of the antiretrovirals has um, has shown like it may have some um, uh, action against this virus. But, but for now, the, the, the treatment still remains um, symptomatic. Um, I think within the next, um, hopefully, few weeks, we'll have a, a, a better idea of of a, a treatment regimen um, that would be uh, beneficial for for patients. Okay, got a few questions over here. I think you might have answered the one, but you can just give a, a reiterate again. If the death rate was far higher for SARS outbreak, outbreak, why is there so much concern? Um, I think one of one of the, the the areas of concern this time is that the numbers. Um, are, so the, the, the numbers of, the number of cases is, um, is much higher than, than SARS and, and MERS. Um, SARS, um, and MERS, so, so SARS is, has largely been controlled and uh, MERS still has, um, some sort of low level transmission, but they, they didn't reach um, the level where they were detected um, uh, to quite the same degree as as this current current outbreak. Okay. Mm. It says here, who's covering the cost of treatment, the patient or the government for this coronavirus? I guess that depends which hospital you go to. Yeah, and I think the the, the government certainly has um, uh, so far borne the well, the the government plus the National Institute of Communicable Diseases that's been. Doing the testing, um, the, the cost um, shouldn't be seen as a barrier to to getting tested. So there, there, um, so far there's been no cost 
to to anyone for the for the testing. Okay. Yeah. Um, next question, and this is quite a big one: Is it safe to travel with a one year one year old child to Israel next week? I mean, we've got uh, certain. I mean. Uh, Certain hotspots where the major outbreaks. Uh, Israel, I know, has got quite a few confirmed cases. Mm. So does the US. So does uh, England. What do you advise people about travel? So, so just a, a, a broad statement about um, travel advisories. <coughs> Excuse me. Is that this situation is changing rapidly? I mean, day by day, the number of cases in different countries is. Uh, um, is changing um, sort of hour by hour. And so to give a, a broad travel advisory um, is, uh, is almost impossible. Um, also, the, um, the response of the different countries has been so variable. So, so for example, even so, so with um, cases that had been noted in, in Italy, uh, uh, let's say about a month ago, there were still um, tourists that were going over there. There, there, there. there weren't any travel advisories that had been that had been issued, and that that obviously has has subsequently changed over time. Um, in terms of traveling with a, a, a one-year-old, I think you know that that age group um, seems to be seems to be safe. Um, although there, there, there obviously are infections in, in children, but um, uh, I was just reading this morning how Israel has just within the last, um, I think, couple of days instituted major um, lockdowns on a number of their sort of airports and, and institutions. And so, you know, in that situation, um, the, the, the best thing would be to either speak to the travel agent find out what the sort of current recommendation is on the country that's one visit that one is visiting i mean certainly the the travel recommendations to places like uh, china or hong kong um south korea um iran italy uh that um seems to be uh seems to be a lot of caution against that but um you know, this this is a virus that's in over a hundred countries um, at the moment, to to varying degrees. So, um, one has to look at where in the country one's travelling to, whether there's any potential uh, contact that one might have with a sick person in the country that you're visiting. Um, so there are a lot of there are a lot of variables. Um, and each each country is is obviously responding very differently. Each country has a very different um, area that's affected. So, for example, some of the um, initial countries like like South Korea um, or Italy had had areas that were not the capital cities, not the not the sort of major. There were urban areas, but not the major urban areas. Um, and so these things are are really. Are really variable. Um, I think a lot of people are worried as well about uh, quarantine because y- you might not get the virus, but you might be suspected and spe- spend an extra two weeks in your in your country. How long? Do, how long does it take from? Um, w- w- so, what what would be the process if they suspect you of having coronavirus? So the 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 general the the, the incubation period is is um, calculated to be around averaging five days. 
but the range is from two to sort of twelve and a half. So, so, so are you infective in this? In no. So this is this is the, the the period where somebody has been exposed, and this is the period where if one were to become infected, this is the the time that that it would happen. Which is why the quarantine period has been um, set at 14 days because if someone's been exposed to an infected person, if they are then, uh, if the exposed person is quarantined, if a period of 14 days has gone by and they haven't become, in, become infected, then they are largely uh, considered to be, to be safe. So quarantine really is the, the sort of self-induced Isolation of a well person, of somebody who, who, who is not infected, who's not sick. Um, and so that allows the, the incubation period to pass, um, without, um, the risk of that person then passing on the infection if they were to develop it. So when are they able to, when do people pass on the infection? Um, so the infection is, Droplet spread, so it's it's someone passes it on if um, if they uh, cough, um, sort of respiratory secretions, and so one has to come into contact with um, with somebody who's infected, who's who's currently infected. Currently infected, meaning past the two week, uh, past the incubation period. So if someone is infected and they passed the well. By definition, they pass the incubation yeah. period. Yeah. So, so at the moment, it looks like the possibility of transmitting the virus, if someone is in the incubation period, is incredibly low. the The main the main risk is when somebody is actively symptomatic. They feverish. They coughing. They um, producing uh, respiratory droplets, um, and those are the um, that's the main. Uh, way that it's that it's spread. Okay, and let's go into protecting yourself from from spread. There's been a lot of hysteria. People buying, clearing the shops out at at uh, Diskim or whichever pharmacy. Even I mm. saw at our hospital today, doctors now have to prescribe the dismet or the alcohol hand dispensers because people have, and we're only allowed two per two per doctor's room because people have been going so. Um, so crazy over it. And uh, what's, what's with all the toilet paper I saw in Australia? There's toilet paper fast. Does it give you diarrhea coronavirus? No. Well, I mean, a very, very few percent of people can develop uh, diarrhea, but I'm not, I'm not sure. No, what, so. <laughs> I think there's people just going to be locked in the homes for a long time, so they're buying canned food and uh, toilet paper and candles. <coughs> no, I think, um, I think the, main, the main thing is to... Um, Try and maintain some degree of uh, rationality when it comes to things like hand washing, and there's obviously been uh, enormous uh, panic around masks. So, so the main, probably the main thing with uh, um, protecting oneself uh, involves um, uh, hand washing, um, avoiding people who are. Um, who are ill, and um, and the masks, so the, the the regular surgical masks have been um, mostly kept for people who are symptomatic, who are um, 
who are showing signs and uh, and symptoms of the of the infection. So the the one of the main recommendations has been to wash hands with soap and water um, as regularly as possible. Um, and you probably would have seen a lot of things on Facebook and on social media about washing hands for 20 seconds and uh, um, a lot of people have been coming up with uh, songs to, that you can sing so that you you know that 20 seconds um, has gone by. Uh, I even saw this morning um, Simentov or Mazeltov. Uh, I, I saw guys at a wedding dancing with masks and uh, gloves. Uh, but if you if you... If you wash your hands for 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 twenty minutes, for twenty seconds, sorry, then um, that's uh, one of the one of the best recommendations. Does it make a difference what soap you use? No, I don't. I don't think so. There's been no recommendation about sort of medical grade soap, um, but soap and water is the the main recommendation, and then alcohol um, sort of based hand sanitizer. Are those, the, are those equivalent? Um, I think the the alcohol-based hand sanitizer is um, the one that can be used if if soap and water is not available. The the other thing that's been um, largely recommended is to try and avoid touching eyes, nose, and mouth. So a lot of us have have uh, unconscious habits of touching our mouths and touching our noses and eyes, and and because um, the virus can um, survive on surfaces. If we go and touch something, um, then uh, and we go and sort of touch our eyes or touch our mouth, then that's a way that it uh, that it can be transmitted. Should we be walking around with masks? No, okay. no, we, we we shouldn't be. So so the, the the evidence for for the general public to be walking around with masks is um, is not necessary, certainly not in Johannesburg as it stands. The masks have been um, recommended for people who are symptomatic so that when they cough or sneeze, they don't um, uh, spread the respiratory droplets into the atmosphere. The uh, people who are in close contact, so healthcare workers and, and household contacts, um, uh, can use the surgical mask but they're not infallible they 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 um they're not 100% uh, uh protective okay 101.9 high fm we are speaking to dr evan Schul, infectious disease specialist at netcare milkwell hospital we're discussing coronavirus and if you've got any questions you can sms through 34519 or send us a telegram on 061 895 1019 are we prepared for an outbreak if uh, if uh, the case will first of all will there be an outbreak do you think will the cases increase in south africa and if so are we prepared for it uh it's difficult to say whether the cases will increase i mean at the moment our uh, three cases have been part of a cluster so where there's been a, a unified point of contact or a or a single source that was the origin of the of the infections um, we haven't uh, reached the point where there is um, spread within the community, but that's obviously something that is being um, uh, majorly uh, uh, monitored. The, uh, I must say the Department of Health and the National Institute of Communicable Diseases and uh, big parts of the medical community have been um, working incredibly hard to 
keep up with the changing face of the of the outbreak, and then also monitoring our um, our infrastructure and our possible entry points. So places like uh, the airports, uh, screening at airports, um, screening at uh, hospital admission desks or uh, doctors' practices. Um, there have been uh, information campaigns. And so I think um, the uh, between uh, all of those who are involved in monitoring this in, in South Africa, I think um, we're as ready as can be. We've had, as I mentioned earlier on, We've had um, a few extra weeks to monitor things from afar um, and get an idea of what works and what doesn't and where the gaps have been in other um, responses to the to the outbreak. So, so certainly our um, our surveillance is uh, is heightened at the moment. Okay, and uh, so do you think we can cope with? Well, give me like a. Would it be like doomsday, people locked down in their houses, if not going to shul, not going to schools? I know certain countries have uh, this entire shuls, including rabbis and communities in uh, New York, that have uh, become infected and on lockdown. Um, well, we, we, we certainly aren't at that point. Um, we, we would have to see how things unfold. Um, it would be uh, a bit premature to give that to give that advisory uh, for now, uh, I, I think I think the main thing is to be um, aware. Obviously, you know, in those situations, um, somewhere like um, New York, where the uh, uh, big portions of the population are very close proximity, um, obviously they're coming out of winter time, where a lot of people are spending a lot of time indoors. Um, their their risks are are, are significant. Whereas for us, um, at the moment, we um, we we're not at the point of issuing um, sort of major lockdown uh, measures. Okay, we're going to take a short air break and we'll be back. This is Medical Monday, brought to you with compliments of Discam pharmacists who care. Welcome back to Discam Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. We're speaking to Dr. Evan Shul, infectious disease specialist at Netcare Mill Park Hospital. We're speaking about coronavirus. I've got a message from someone says, "Could coronavirus from Paul? Could coronavirus be?" Fake news. I know that there was a lot of hysteria and a lot of fake messages coming out saying um, there have been confirmed cases here and there, and uh, a lot of I don't know why people send out these WhatsApp messages, but I mean they are can't be completely fake news. So, well, there, I think there, there are two two parts of the question. Firstly, is the coronavirus infection fake news? And it's not. It's very real. Has there been fake news surrounding the outbreak? Then the answer is definitely. Um, there have been a number of messages that get um, that get sent out on on groups about cases that have been noted here and there, and there were some about cases in uh, two hospitals in Gauteng. This is this is about a month ago that that there were cases noted in some hospitals in Gauteng, and they all declared a state of uh, emergency. and um, And one one has to be very very careful when um, when those messages get passed around, there there are a few um, sources of information that um, are, are worth checking out. Um, the the NICD 
um, the National Institute of Communicable Diseases has an outstanding website that is um, monitoring this outbreak uh, around the world and, and, and particularly the South African response monitoring it um, daily. And so I must say I've, I've received a lot of those messages. A lot of people have, have forwarded um, messages onto me asking, you know, is this true? And there's, there's, there's treatment um, protocols that have been uh, sent out. They've been um, sort of uh, supposed uh, news uh, items that have been that have been sent out, and I think I think um, one has to be um, very conscious of the fact that that due to the uh, the major public health implications of this, that that for now the um, reports or the notifications are um, going to be coming from the Department of Health. And the NRCD, um, okay. and that any sort of unsubstantiated reports um, uh, should be ignored. Okay, we have uh, two questions. First one is from Sarah. Says I flew at the moment. Should I check for coronavirus? So the the, the testing the the testing um, uh, protocol is only for those who are symptomatic. Okay. If if someone is asymptomatic and gets gets tested, um, uh, there's a chance that that result will be negative, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody who's in, who's exposed uh, within the incubation period and gets gets tested and it's negative doesn't mean that they won't go on to develop the infection. But um, I imagine if they haven't had any contact or travel history yes. and they've still got maybe like what they say flu, temperature, or cough. So, so at the at the moment, the testing that is being done is um, is being conducted um, very strictly under sort of um, set uh, case definitions. So there have to be certain things in place for for a test to be warranted. So, firstly, somebody has to have the clinical symptoms, so an acute respiratory illness um, with a cough or sore throat, shortness of breath, or, or a fever, and then they've got to be um, either a significant travel history to to one of the areas that are are currently a major major risk areas like China, um, Italy, uh, South Korea, and Japan, um, or somebody who's been in contact with um, a, a known positive case, um, and then also those who have developed a severe pneumonia where the cause is not is not clear and these are, are patients who are admitted into hospital or admitted into ICU where the cause is looking unknown then um, there are instances where those patients will be considered um, eligible for testing but but at the moment if somebody is is feeling well and they haven't had the significant exposure they haven't had a, 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 an appropriate uh, travel history then um, those those people are, are sort of being screened uh, out. Okay, just uh, I received uh, from our hospital a uh, number for the NRCD. There's apparently a 24-hour hotline that people can phone. Yeah, so so there are um, um, a number of resources um, for this. I, I don't know if you have the number. So I've got it on me. It's 082-883-9920. I'll say it again. It's 082 883-9920 and that's the NRCD 24 hour hotline 
Um, okay, so now that that number is the number for um, for medical staff who are um, phoning through um, queries. Suspected cases of yeah, queries. There yeah, there is there is a number um, for the for the public if they are um, concerned. Um, it's o eight hundred zero two nine triple nine. So that is the. Just can you repeat it again? Yeah, yeah, sure. So that's that's the number for the. Um, it's a toll-free number. It's for the public. Um, it's Monday to Friday from eight until four, and it's o eight hundred zero two nine triple nine, and that is um, if anyone is concerned that they may have contracted the infection, and they want more information on whether to get tested or where to get tested, they'll be guided through that process. There are separate resources for um, for doctors and, and, and medical staff to discuss cases with um, staff at the NICD, and that's, the, that's available on the NICD website, which is nicd.ac.za. Okay, fantastic. And um, we've got another question here from Greg. He says, do you agree with the Jewish Board of Deputies' decision to stop in ch- shop in Chinatown today to show solidarity with the Chinese community, or is it irresponsible? I know my wife went there the other day to buy a Purim outfit. She told me it was very sad. It was completely empty because I think people are scared of being around uh, Chinese people, people from... Uh, yeah, I think I think there's 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 been a lot of um, uh, unnecessary ethnic profiling. There've been a lot of uh, uh, reports of um, children in schools who are in a class with um, uh, someone of Asian origin. Sometimes, uh, in fact, quite quite often these are these are children or people who um, either uh, have never been to China. Um, themselves or, or haven't been to China um, at all recently. So um, certainly f- uh, from from the the public health channels that that I've um, sort of been looking into, that um, isolating uh, an area of, of of Johannesburg hasn't uh, hasn't been recommended. Can it, can the coronavirus travel in boxes? Um, so the, I know a lot of the exports have uh, have stopped. So at the moment, uh, I think the so so the, the the virus can be transmitted from from a from fomite, so from touching um, other surfaces that have um, had the virus on it. But uh, you know, if uh, uh, something's been in a box from China and been in the sea, f- uh, you know, been on a on a ship for. Uh, for a few weeks, uh, I think the the risk is very very low, and uh, sort of going to to that level at the moment is is totally un, unwarranted. Okay, so there we go. Go get your Purim outfits today at the Chinese market and uh, show solidarity and uh, buy some costumes. We're going to take our uh, short final ad break, and then we're going to be summing up with Dr. Evanshul. This is Medical Monday, brought to you with compliments of Discam pharmacists who care. Welcome to our final few minutes of Discare Medical Monday. Heated show, not from uh, virus, not from uh, our body temperatures, but uh, just the hysteria that's been going on. It's been uh, spread on WhatsApp groups, on media, on Facebook. 
And we were lucky enough to have Dr. Evan Shu, infectious diseases specialist at Nat Kemal Park Hospital. What's the message you'd like to give to the people of our community and people who are listening? Um, I know there's a lot of panic, and that's why we did the show, just to uh, reassure and calm everybody down. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think, um, and you'll, you'll see this in any sort of interview at the moment on the, on the topic, um, the first sort of general rule in these situations is to keep calm, maintain some um, some degree of rationality. There, um, there's obviously uh, a great amount of of hysteria, and I think that's that's largely um, uh, been the result of uh, misinformation and unanswered questions. I think if one were to um, look into the details of the of the infection and um, just read some of the the basic guidelines i think they they um, have been um, quite good at at reducing um, the level of of panic um, in in south africa uh, we've had three cases um, it's it's uh, um, being very very closely monitored and and so i don't i don't think that this is the time um for for us to for us to panic um i think the other sort of general recommendations have been to like we had mentioned um keep up with regular hand washing those who have uh, traveled and have been feeling unwell should present um to their doctors to um See if they fit the case definition and and get um, get tested. I think a lot of us in the in the medical um, uh, field also need to uh, play our part in in screening and uh, keeping an eye on uh, the travel histories or the contacts that our that our that our patients um, have. And um, uh, certainly for now the the, the overwhelming um, sort of uh, panic, almost reminiscent of the Y2K um, uh, a panic, is is not is not warranted at the moment. Um, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be uh, a degree of awareness because I think that's that's also critical. Um, one has to be mindful of um, g- being in contact with those who are sick, those who have traveled. Um, so, so there is still uh, some awareness that, um, that we should maintain, but um, not to the point where uh, pharmacies are being cleaned out of uh, masks and, uh, uh, and hand scrub. Um, I think, um, um, yeah, that's the, the main recommendation. Okay, and if uh, people want to make an appointment to see you, not for coronavirus, but for all uh, infectious diseases or travel-related la- uh, medicine, w- your room's number? Uh, my room's number is 011-480-5902, and uh, I'm also available on Google, on Google search, and um, so easily contactable. Thank you, Dr. Evan Schul, for spending this morning with us speaking coronavirus. I think you've uh, calmed down 
many frantic uh, Jewish moms in in the community. Hopefully the shelves will start to fill up again with hand sanitizers and soaps. So remember, wash your hands. And uh, if, you're, if you're worried, go to your doctor. Thank you for listening to 101.9 High FM. I'm Dean Gerson. Thank you to Evan Schul for being our host.